and welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, from parts unknown, Susan Miller Degnan. <laughs> Susan, how's it going? Good, but di- different parts, different unknown parts. It's always not, different parts unknown for you. Not Oregon. I mean, M- Mario's here already, so I don't. I don't. I need. I don't need to go to Oregon anymore. Not I'm going next week. But um, no, this is more parts unknown in. Uh, New York, above New York City, in kind of the mountains, and a lot of land, five acres, beautiful, gorgeous, very nice. I'll be up in that same kind of area in a couple of weeks, actually. I'm going up to a wedding in the, in the Catskills uh, next weekend. So uh, old school. We're, we're, in, we're in vacation mode a little bit here at, at the Miami Herald. Uh, Susan literally on vacation. I'm working this week, but Susan literally on vacation. Right. That's um, why I'm doing a podcast, everybody. I'm yeah, on vacation. But, uh, popping in for a day, taking a one day break <laughs> from her vacation uh, because there's kind of a lot of news going on. Um, you know, we thought there was going to just be recruiting stuff to talk about. And whenever Miami gets a big quarterback recruit. That's the kind of recruiting news we, we kind of feel we got to hop in on uh, here, even though we, we obviously don't talk about it quite as often as, you know, some of the, the other recruiting sites and stuff like that. Uh, but there's also like some pretty interesting football news. Uh, obviously, this will be a couple of days old by the time people are listening to this, but the new ACC schedule format is out. Uh, the so-called 355, um, which before we started recruiting, Susan and I were kind of talking about how dumb of a name that is, but Anyway, the general gist of the, the concept is something I, I'm pretty into. Um, curious your thoughts on it. Uh, basically, every team in the ACC is assigned three primary opponents that they will play every year, alternating uh, home and away games. Um, Miami's Florida State is obviously one of them. The other two, a little more surprising, Boston College and Louisville. Um, and then basically the schedule gets set up in four-year cycles where that leaves 10 other teams in the conference. And each year you play five other ACC games. You'll play each of those 10 teams twice in a four-year cycle with one home game and one road game against each one. Um, right. I like the format just generally. We'll obviously talk about Miami's permanent opponents uh, in a little bit here, but just kind of broad strokes. Do you like this new format? It seems like this might become more common across the country because I think people are pretty into this idea in other conferences too. Oh yeah. I, I, yeah, I love it. I mean, I, I, the coastal, the division thing, you know, they're going to be getting rid of, rid of divisions. Not This year will be the same. 2022 right. yes. will be the same. Last I year. It's one last shot to try to win the coastal. Exactly. <laughs> the coastal. Anyway, um, I love it because I don't, I don't really think it's fair when you have divisions. I, the two best teams should play, don't you think? I, I the the two best I mean, teams. There were, there were years when what there was like a six and six Georgia Tech team that went to the ACC championship one year. There have been some bad bad coastal teams in the conference championship game. There have been. I I, I just think it's it's and I think it's more exciting and it keeps you focused on the whole conference. Yeah, you know, rather than just your division or whatever, and not really caring about the other division. I also I I love the. Um, being able to play, we talked about this before, David, before the podcast started, how how now fans get to see, and we get to see all these other different teams that we never see anymore. Um, it feels like we never see them, and now it's going to be, right, we're going to play, they're going to play each team at least twice, right, in a four-year? Yeah, twice year. every four years. Yeah, I mean, that's great. Uh, so you get some diversity of of 
you know, it's fun for the fans. You get to see other programs. You get to travel to new places. You're going to see your Syracuse peeps. Yeah, sometimes it feels like you're not in the same league as these, you know, the coastal teams. It sometimes feels like they're not in the same league as the Atlantic teams. You play them twice every 10 years or whatever. You don't go, you go there once every 10 years. Like, you know. Yeah, it's fun. Fun for road trips. It's fun. I mean, it's, 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 uh, I think it's fun for the the players. Yeah. I, I really, I, I, I definitely like it other than the name. I, I like it. And that, and we can, you know, we can talk about now the, the most really interesting part is how they, I don't know how they decided they, they've probably written how they decided, but uh, how the three, the pods of whatever you call it, three teams, the three, te- like we know now that Miami plays FSU every year. Right. Miami and FSU play every year. Now it's going to be three teams that that play each other, right? Every year. Mm-hmm. And I, Miami's is Boston College, Miami, and um, Florida State. No, let's start. It's four teams, right? Well, it's four you, teams. you. It's not four team pods. Like you can, like Boston Colleges each, are not. Each team gets. Yeah, each time. team has three teams. They're not they, pods. They're not pods. You're right. Not pod. Each team. Each team in the conference is has three teams that they play every year. Yeah, no matter primary what. opponents. Primary yeah. opponents, and it's and Miami's primary opponent, right? It, it you know are, is Louisville, Boston College, and Florida State. Florida State's a given. Yeah, no, knew they, no, no brainer. Right, every and then one or two. We were all okay. Florida State. Then we were all debating, right? We were saying, okay, who are the other teams? Well, to me, Virginia Tech makes sense. Virginia Tech has been a huge rival of Miami. I mean, they they don't really like each other at all. It's always an intense game. Um, okay. All right. That's fine. And then another one was Pittsburgh, yeah. right? Pittsburgh was in the, uh, the old Big East also. Mm-hmm. Um and it's part of the coastal and in the last several years been the last week of the season game a lot lately decade, yeah they played the last game of the season there were funny things that happened obviously yeah, they, were, beat, they right. beat miami when miami was uh under oh 10 and 0 right country, they 10 and 0? yeah yep. yeah and then and then miami lost and i you know to them there's just it's, it's a nice little rivalry i don't know pittsburgh uh so what do you think i i'm I think I saw Louisville and I was like, eh. Yeah. I couldn't help well, okay. it. Okay. So, like, like we said, Florida State, we don't even need to discuss it because that was so obvious. Boston That's College, not- like, I know Miami has not played them a lot lately, but there's a lot of history in that game, too, right? That's an old Big East rivalry. The Doug, you know, the Hail Mary game, obviously, is yes. one of the most famous games in college football history. And, uh, and, and, and who doesn't, <laughs> who doesn't like going to Boston? I mean, it's a great, it's, it's, it's the Boston Miami thing. You could see fans in Miami. Yeah, like, you know, a lot of, we got, you know, it's the Miami is a lot of Northeast transplants, right? Uh, New York, Boston, Washington, New Jersey, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. The city, so, big city. Got that. You know, yep. Miami uh, PR director, Cam Gorby will be excited about his uh, yeah. every other year trips up to Boston. It's all because of Cam. Exactly. I say I Cam thumbs Gorby up because Ball. of Cam. Yeah. Um, he's originally from outside Boston. Uh, so, okay. I get the Boston college one. Uh, like you said, Louisville is kind and of the like it. Field one. The kind of out of field well, one. You would have guessed if you were uh, going to guess like 
who the games are going to be. You said Florida State was a no-brainer, and then probably two of Boston College, Pitt, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, something like that. Yeah. So Virginia Tech is a bummer. You see a lot of people have been upset about that. You know, I'm looking. I've got the whole list up here. I'm curious. So Virginia Tech's others are Virginia, which is like an obvious one. Pitt, which, again, that kind of makes sense for them, the old Big East connection there. Um, nah, yeah, and then wait, but Wake is kind of out of right. left field, so like I'm sure they're like, Why can't Miami be that Wake replacement? And uh, it's part, I feel sorry for Wake because every they're probably the other ones people are going like, Eh, Wake well, then, Forest, but then UNC doesn't even get Wake. Like, I don't, I don't get that, I don't get why the four, I maybe like I'm sure there's reasons why, and like if you like it's a hard system. Oh, dude, North Carolina, I'm oh, surprised the four North Carolina teams aren't just a pod. Yeah, it's interesting. Duke plays North Carolina, North Carolina State, Wake Forest. To me, that makes sense. Yeah. But, you know, but then for UNC those plays Duke, NC State, and Virginia, although UNC and Virginia is an old rivalry, the oldest rivalry in the South. Um, like, that's a, that's a real rivalry, too. So, but, yeah. I mean, it becomes tricky, right? Everyone's got a – you're trying to satisfy everyone. You know everyone had, like, the ranking of, like, we have to have this team. We've got these teams as other options. Right. Um, it's just but, Miami, Louisville. There's really no history there. They overlap nah. the Big East for a little bit, right? Yeah, um, but they're in there. They played in bowls, but there's no history. I, you know, going back to North Carolina, they're not in the, stuff, they weren't in the same division either. So it's not like they have this recent yeah, history. That's anything. kind of a yuck one. I mean, the, but I like when you're talking about North Carolina, I kind of feel bad for for those fans because it's always the same old stuff. I mean, they, yeah, they want to play North. They like we're talking about how fun it is to tra- travel. They'll they'll play other teams, but um, I don't know. Wake Forest, feel sorry for them. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, geog- geography is part of it too, and obviously Miami is always going to get kind of screwed a little bit on the geography thing because they're so much further away from any ACC opponent. Like they're what? How long of a drive is like how Tallahassee's a ten-hour drive, and that's oh my god, yeah. Like everyone else has natural geographic stuff um and louisville is the other outlier so i guess you know that's probably part of why they kind of get stuck together louisville does not really have a natural rival in the conference um they're the other southern team that's not a carolina's team here um and honestly like i don't know i'm kind of like i know there's no history there but i could see that becoming a good annual game um Really? First of all, Louisville has recruited South Florida very well over the years. Obviously, they had Teddy Bridgewater, yes. uh, Lamar Jackson, they have. Uh, Tutu Atwell. Like a lot of their recent stars have been South Florida guys. Um, they right. are another team that seems to be benefiting uh, nicely from the NIL era. Um, so, you know, on paper, on paper, Miami, Florida State, Clemson, Virginia Tech should be like the clear class of the ACC based on history and all that kind of stuff. Then you got North Carolina, but then after that, I don't know, Louisville should be right in that group. They, they should not be lower tier um, of the conference, obviously. Um, you know, teams like yeah. Boston College are, are kind of in that same tier too. But yeah, I just think, you know, both teams kind of lack a natural, I, I mean, Miami is Florida State, but obviously Florida, Florida State is like, the end of the year game. And I guess Louisville, Kentucky is, but Louisville's always kind of lacked a natural rival in the conference and, and Miami, obviously there's history with Virginia tech that just would have been more natural, but um, yeah. And I, it's, it's interesting. It's the last game of the year this year. I'm looking at this year's schedule yeah. to see, you know, but um, yeah, I love by the way, 
I, other than Boston, which is always fantastic, I love going to Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I, uh, I've never been. Oh, yeah, it's this old, old little weird village. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Wake is, yeah, like you're, you were kind of saying, like, Wake is going to catch a lot of crap, but uh, they're the one who kind of screwed this up, right? Because other than the Carolina schools, like, is anyone excited about going up against Wake? Like, they, they have Duke. They have Georgia Tech, they have Virginia Tech. And like, I mean, Wake, Georgia Tech, whatever, like neighbor, you know, not that far each other from each other geographically. Georgia Tech is another school that kind of lacks uh, natural yeah, rivals in the yeah. conference. Well, Georgia Tech has a weird, I'm looking at their yeah, three. Clemson, Louisville, Wake. Yeah. Like Clemson, I guess, you know, they're, na- they're neighboring states. Um, right. Atlanta, they're in Atlanta, yeah. so you know Clemson fans are going to, like, pack the building every time they're there. But, yeah, like Georgia Tech and Wake are the schools that really, like, don't have natural rivals, other than if you were going to give Wake all the Carolina schools. And I think the issue there is they, it seems like they probably wanted to keep the UNC-Virginia rivalry intact. Um, so then you right. want with – the, the situation we're in now because you look uh well you said duke has all the carolina schools right yeah duke has all the carolina schools nc state has two yep. the three and then clemson so you know a north carolina south carolina thing um but yeah and then i mean you look like is it like you look at boston colleges and that's like that one is right. one they nailed because they got the miami they got Pitt, they got syracuse right it's all old big east um yeah that's so good. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a hard equation to put together. Like they're, I'm sure in an ideal world, the ACC would rather have Virginia tech as an annual game than for Miami than Louisville, but they had to find opponents for wake and Georgia tech. And then that moves things around. You know, it's, it's an imperfect system, um, but I think it's a better system and, you know, we'll still get to see them play Virginia tech every other year, basically. Right. Yeah, uh, I mean it's it's going to be fun, and it'll be fun that this year is the last year. You know, it, 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 the, I bet, bet they'll do something. I don't know the ACC. It's like out with the old, but it'll be yeah, it'll be exactly. interesting because it's the last. Yeah, and um, I'll I'll take everyone to Dinosaur Barbecue when we uh, get to go up to Syracuse in a couple of years. <laughs> All right, deal, deal. Syracuse in the snow. Any other uh, any other cities you're excited about um, or games that we haven't seen in a long time? Yeah, that's the thing that really stands out to me is like, like I said, sometimes it feels like you're not even in the same league as these teams because you go so long without playing them. Like guys play entire careers and will never face a certain opponent in their conference. Now that right. won't happen anymore. Are there any games you're looking forward to or um, cities you're looking forward to getting to that that we haven't seen in a long time. They just got Clemson, I, right? Like they, there have been times when they've gone a long time without seeing Clemson. Yeah. Clemson. I'm not really excited, honestly, to go to Clemson. I think it's a cool stadium, you know, it's, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's famous. There's all kinds of history behind it and it's Clemson. It's Clemson. Yeah. I guess so I, week in Boston college. Or- but the place itself, yeah. like, no, thanks. I, I mean, I, if you're looking, uh, yeah, I like I like Wake. It's really quaint. Winston Salem. It's it's like it's I like it. Uh, and uh, I mean, I love Virginia, but they see Virginia every year. Yeah, right. Uh, 
and outdoor press box. And uh, <laughs> even though it's a, I love that stadium, Georgia Tech. I, uh, yeah, I'm glad UM's not with Georgia Tech, another outdoor stadium. Although it's fun going to Atlanta. I mean, I it's yeah. fun going pretty much to all the places, honestly, except Louisville. I don't know. Maybe somebody. Yeah, I don't know. People say it's great. Okay. So maybe someone should show me around Louisville. Yeah. I must be great. I don't know. We're going there a lot now. So uh, we'll learn to love it, I guess. Pittsburgh, you know, I like it. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, I think the other, you know, Miami is such a destination town. Like, you know, that like the Syracuse fans who haven't been down here in forever are going to be excited to come. And obviously it's such a transient city. So you have alumni from all these schools. Like, like I went to a Syracuse basketball game when they played Miami here uh, in the winter. And it was like everywhere I looked was a lot of, a lot of media people, obviously like just people I know who are Syracuse grads were just like, it was pretty close to 50. I think it was a winter break game. So there weren't a lot of students there. Right. so it was like pretty close to 50 50 in the crowd. So, you know, that like there's alumni from all these different schools down here in Miami that are just like kind of itching for any chance to see their team. And, and in football, the way that the every league works pretty much with the divisions means that you can kind of you can really go a long time without seeing your team come. Yeah. To town. So. I like well, I'm most excited. I mean, beat Boston College. It can't be. I love Boston. Love yeah. Boston. And Boston College, you know, they're. They've been a good, you know, team from time to time. They're a solid, like, yes, kind of between have. four and eight, eight and four every year. Um, good offensive linemen. They put guys in the NFL. Um, so, you know, I, I, that's not a bad. I, I don't think that's a bad uh, primary opponent. Just, just wish for no. some and, and we go to Cam's father's uh, bagel place. Bagel place, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, uh, let's pivot over to some recruiting talk because it is a big week um, for Miami, uh, because, both because of what has already happened and what could be happening this weekend. They've got uh, really four major targets all set to announce between Friday and uh, Monday on this July 4th weekend. Um, but let's start with the biggest news of the week. Uh, that was on Sunday. Miami lands a commitment from Jaden Rashada, a – top 50 prospect quarterback from Pittsburgh, California, which is Northern California. Um, A historic pickup for Miami um, because based on his grade and ranking rating uh, from 24 seven sports.com's composite rankings, if he signs with that current grade and obviously guys can go up and down uh, during their senior years, uh, he would be the second highest ranked recruit Miami has ever signed. Uh, during obviously like the recruiting ranking era, which goes back now uh, about 20 years. Kyle Wright currently is the highest ranked guy Miami has ever gotten, you know, like guys like Ken Dorsey and Vinny Testaverde and Gino Toretta, obviously before people were really ranking these recruits. Um, Right. So Rashada really, you know, is almost definitely going to be one of the two or three highest ranked recruits Miami has ever gotten right now. Jake Garcia is number two. Rashada is ranked slightly higher than uh, Garcia was when he also, I guess, kind of came out of California. Um, and yeah, Jerry and Williams, seen. I think is the next one on that list. And he's a, a, like a kind of a oh. low, um, but yeah, I mean, a huge addition for Miami. We were talking about like, they were getting all these good, rec- all these interesting, wait, recruits, right. Type. Wait, David, 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 hold on. Jaron Williams was where? 
I think he was next on the list after Jake Garcia. Okay. All right. Well, let's, we'll go back to that thought. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll talk about how much these ratings. Yeah, quor- and quarter like quarterback, especially is hard. Um, that's, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Like quarterback is, is a holistic thing. It's not just how hard you throw the ball. Yeah. Okay. Um, but so. we were talking all, we, I think when we did last week, we talked about, they were getting all these interesting guys, right? This tight six, six tight end. who was a lacrosse player. This uh, other six, six tight end. who was a basketball player. Um, but all these guys not super proven yet necessarily. We were waiting for the the one guy who could be like get all these other recruits excited and and Rashada, you know, that no matter what he does, like we said, when we get to campus, he'll help this recruiting class just because people see a, a quarterback like that commit somewhere and they want to go play with a guy like that, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I was looking at, I mean, I haven't seen him play in person you haven't seen him either right no in person i've seen him at like a seven on seven and like didn't realize it but i don't think i, I did well i was looking at some tape and stuff and or what's on what's on the right. the, the computer and um he looked good of course yeah you know the highlight film highlight reel he looked really good he has like a quick release he has a great arm they said he has a dynamite arm yeah. um great size too yeah, so I'm always, I they they say he's 6'4", 185. He looks like he's 6'4", and about 150 <laughs> to me. I, I mean, they always look like that. And they always, and then whenever I talk to them, like a year later, they say, oh, yeah, yeah, I came in. I wasn't 185. I was actually about 163 or yeah. something like that. And I came, but, but they all bulk out, right? They all gain weight. Yeah, that, and, that especially if they early enroll, which that's a public school. So I'm sure he'll be able to, if, if he. Yeah. Get all his done. Yeah. I mean, obviously they uh, supposedly two, four, seven, the 24, seven composite has them as the number seven overall quarterback, number 45 overall, regardless of a uh, position in that class. So, you know, he's, you know, he's really good. I mean, when you, when you're rated that high, you're really good. Um, yeah. Does that mean you're going to be a success in college? No, but um, it's a good start. That's for sure. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's- for Mario, it's going to bring other, and it is already bringing other receiver. I mean, other players, receivers, maybe linemen, protected, whatever. Um, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, uh, you know, one person comes that's really good and all of a sudden, other people come. So yeah. a couple um, of days later, they get Nathaniel Joseph, a, a local four-star wide receiver from Edison, who I think probably would have come no matter whether Rashada was coming or not. But but still, it you know you know he's excited to potentially like grow and develop with Rashada, uh, as you alluded to. Um, just because he's highly ranked, obviously, does not mean he is going to pan out. Um, quarterback, quarterback, right. and offensive line are kind of the two hardest positions to judge. I think as as high schoolers, offensive line because you have no, you know, they're, you're guessing what a 17 year old kid is going to look like when he's 20. Totally. Um, and quarterback, because there's so much that is more than what you see on tape. And obviously you these so much meet with kids and try to assess their personality, but you never know. It's so much as in intelligence and reacting when the game speed gets faster at the college level. Um, and they're emotional. They're emotional. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, you I mean, know, I- you can talk to them as much as you want. You can go watch them in person as much as you want. You never know what they're going to be like until you're coaching them. 
um, and seeing them respond to a different level of competition and, um, and situations. Yeah. And different situations. that happened. I, yeah, it's, we, we went, we went through that with Jaron right. Williams. So yeah. Uh, well, you know, if you talk to yeah. people who knew Jaron in high school, they, they, there's no way they would have thought what happened was going to happen. Um, so, but the important thing is we talk about a lot is you, that quarterback because of that, because you never know who's going to pan out um, is a position where you just got to get a good guy every year. You got to keep stacking. Exactly. And that is what this, you know, the, the more, the more bites you take at the apple that are top 50 recruits, the better chance that one of those guys is going to look like a top 50 recruit. A hundred percent. I totally agree. I, you know, it's a numbers um, game, a math game, really. They've got, of course. And you know, they've got, I'm, I mean, Tyler Van Dyke, to me, I love his, um, who's going to start this year, love yeah. his maturity and how hard he works and uh, uh, he's, his intensity and his, that brash kind of honesty and yet quietness at the same time. I, I really like him. I think he's, he's really good. I hope he stays uh, healthy and yeah. um, he's a great kind of guy to get, uh, you know, all business um, and I also, you know, Jake Garcia, like when we talk about, uh, Rashada, I don't, I mean, I don't know him at all. I know nothing, but love the way Jake Garcia has been. Yeah. I really hope Jake Garcia hangs out, you know, and hangs around because, and I, I think he will. Um, I really think he's so far, so far from what I've seen really good on all levels. Like, um, so uh, yeah, just, uh, well, yeah. And the other guys, someone's going to transfer eventually you would think, right? Yeah. So. And one of these guys is not going to be as good as, as Miami hopes. And that's why you got to, you know, we, we, right. You ideally, you know, the ideal scenario for Miami, I'm sure the way they're envisioning it is Tyler Van Dyke starts this year. Then next year, Jake Garcia starts and is good enough to become a first round pick. And then the year after that, Jakari Brown starts and then maybe, well, you know, I would think, yeah, maybe Jake plays two or whatever. Years. He plays two years, and then you give it to yeah. Tony Brown, and then you give it to right. Shada, and then maybe you give it to Emery Williams, who's this other quarterback they have in, who's an Elite Eleven finalist, and then you give. Oh, it by to- the way, I like Jacory Brown. Yeah, yeah, he's good too. So like, he's he's strong, man. But he you was, know, like they've got impressed. five between Tyler, Jake, Jacory Brown, um, Rashada, Emery Williams. They've got five good quarterbacks you know that something is going to happen with one of them whether it's they're going to transfer or they're just not gonna you know they're gonna get thrown in a game and not respond well and they're not going to be as good as we think so it's it's just about getting uh as many good guys in there as possible um you can never quarterback is really a position where you can kind of never have too many i mean you think back to a couple years ago when they were like scrambling to find peyton matoka's like they're, they're not in that situation anymore where they feel like right. they are shorthanded. They were able to get Emory Williams in the fold and then kind of upgrade that by getting Jaden Rashada. And, you know, they'll, they'll take both of them if they can. I'm sure Emory Williams will, there will be other schools going at him all the way. Yep. saying, Oh, you're, you're stuck, but you're going to be stuck behind Rashada the whole way. Like, you know, come here, you gotta, you're going to be able to play a little bit earlier. You can be our guy. You can be the leader of this class. Um, but Miami will take both because um, 
they're, you know, you know, Mario, it's the cliche, but he's emphasizing competition. And, and then just like I said, you know, that not all five of these guys are going to work out in all likelihood. Right. Yep. Uh, the other big recruiting news mentioned it a little bit there, uh, Nathaniel Joseph uh, joining the fold. Um, so in two, three days, right? Yeah, that was Tuesday. So yep. in the span of three days, Miami gets their two highest ranked players in this class so far. Uh, Joseph, right outside the out, uh, right outside the top 127 sports rankings. Um, I think he's, I want to say like the number two or number three player in, in Miami Dade County for uh, the class of 2023. Um, and would probably be ranked a little bit higher if he wasn't 5'8. And he's, you know, he's 5'8. Like he's, he's, he's a smaller guy, got to play the slot basically. Um, but he is, like elect, he's like when you you talk about some of the great slot guys Miami has had, Santana Moss. Like he is cut from that same cloth where um, he's a great return man. He's been one of the best return mans and se- return specialists in South Florida for the last few years. Um, and he's also, um, you know, we've had him as our first team all county in in Dade County each of the last years, two years too, playing at Edison. So you know, he's not gonna ever be a you know, we, we talked about them needing to add some size. He's not filling that need, but he's, uh, you know, he's, he's the local guy they kind of needed to kickstart thing. He's a lifelong Miami fan. Um, I like that. I like that. He's local. I love that. He's local. Uh, he's supposedly very, very good. Uh, he's extremely shifty. Um, and, uh, I, I really like the special teams aspect. I just feel like that's something UM's been lacking. Yeah. As uh, somebody who's a stud, you know, is really yeah. good. Yeah, Thomas had a moment here and there, but yeah, yeah. Ba- other than that, basically since, I mean, is it since Devin Hester? Like, no. uh, yeah. I mean, Jeff Thomas had a lot of bad moments. Yeah. But he also, he had, he's, I, mean, I think he had the last return touchdown. Also. Yeah. I, we, they, they need someone who can, who can ignite the team and get Mario all crazed and get the team crazed, get the fans crazed, and 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 give UM their special teams. They need special teams help. Yeah. Uh, you know, like return people. And, yeah, I miss that. Like, when I used to cover a team, I mean, between Santana, Roscoe Parrish was amazing. And, uh, Roscoe, you know. Roscoe, that's another one. Yeah, just uh, they need that. And they've really been lacking in that area. Um, and, again, the – the local hometown kid who's going to rally and try to get some of the other local, you know, the other local kids from South Florida or Florida. I just uh, think he's a great, he's a great get. Yeah. And he um, was committed to Clemson. Um, and even though he was like kind of a lifelong Miami fan, the old staff, uh, you know, he basically said was not doing a very good job on him. I know the old staff, Bumped heads a little bit with uh, Edison coach Uncle Luke, so uh, that was part of it. But um, you know, since Mario Cristobal showed up, they've been on him nonstop. You know, at basically any time I've been on campus for like a recruiting event, Nathaniel Joseph has been around. I think it's probably been close to a dozen visits, probably since Mario took over. So, um, right, you know, that's you know the. Manny Diaz did better locally than I think a lot of people give him credit for, but this is one that is, this is a, a Mario Cristobal pickup that I don't think we would have been, you know, some of these guys they're going to get in this class, they might've gotten regardless of who the coach was. Like, I, I think 
Ruben Bain, who is not committed, but from Central, like you mm-hmm. know, that guy was always going to be potentially a Miami guy because Miami recruits a school like that really well. Um, but Nathaniel Joseph was one that that is a Mario Cristobal move. Yeah, it's um, yeah, that's all good. Mario is. I mean, this this UM class now has jumped up to number twenty six. Yeah, in the two four seven in the twenty four seven sports team rankings, and and rivals has them at number thirty. Gators are thirty one, and the Gator, um, Gators are probably PO'd right now. Yeah. Oh, well, and we I guess we, oh. we didn't talk about it. The Rashada. Yeah. 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 Let's, let's. Which. Yeah, you're right. Okay, let's, good, good segue. Let's wrap up here. I feel like I've ta- been talking about this story nonstop, so um, I don't know how I forgot about it. But obviously, the uh, the big wrinkle in the Jaden Rashada commitment is how did NIL play a role uh, shortly after he commits on three dot com, which is um, you know one of the new recruited the newest recruiting site out there. Um, you know, a lot of former twenty four seven and rivals writers now work for them. Um, they reported that Miami. Uh, offered Rashada, what was it? Nine and a half. I keep getting the decimal nine and a half, right? Nine and a half million. Um, uh, 10 million, maybe nine and a half. Play for yep. them. Nine and a half, nine and a half. And the Gator collect. So I we should say, not Miami, that John Ruiz offered nine and a half million to come for him to come play at Miami. Uh, the Gator Collective, which is their NIL group, offered um, Rashada 11 million and he went with the Miami offer. Now, this is according to on three.com. Okay. And they widely quote in that article, um, Jaden Rashada's agent lawyer. I don't know what we want to call Michael Caspino, who's an, a California I... attorney who is representing him. Um, now we should say not long after uh, that report, uh, our Barry Jackson reaches out to John Ruiz and, and Ruiz denies that um a payment has been agreed to um anyway it's kind of a mess um nil as we've said a lot is kind of a mess we're talking it's almost when this post actually will be the one year anniversary of nil when this when this podcast goes up wow Um, and you know every week there's a story that makes people mean like is this really the right thing um definitely not how the NCAA envisioned it being intended, but it's kind of their fault as we've said a lot because they just totally abdicated responsibility in coming up with any rules for this. Um, clearly NIL, whether or not nine and a half is accurate and what Rashada will get clearly NIL is, is benefiting Miami um, or, you know, Rashada wouldn't have an attorney like that. Who's, who's there to help facilitate these NIL deals. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. He's going to, uh, I know that the NCAA says that NIL deals cannot be used to entice recruits. And, and we know, as I wrote a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, that the, the, uh, the NCAA was on UM's campus sniffing around yes. so, and talked to John Ruiz. So, well, I mean, this is all, all this stuff. Like, like I tweeted out a couple of days ago that this is, it's the new world. It's a new world of uh, college football, but it's the same old problems, same old uh, people accusing, you know, accusing, same old high-profile programs accusing other high-profile right. programs 
it's the same old stuff, right? As as a zillion decades ago, yeah. it's just that and the boosters. Oh, he's paying about gave him a bag of cash. He gave him or whatever. It's like yeah, now as he signed a contract, you t- you t- you tell you tattletale on your uh, the rival that you hate and blah blah blah. Who knows what's true, what's not? And this kid will end up. Uh, He's going to get, you know, he's going to get a big deal. Yeah. Whether or not. And, and he plays a lot with Miami Immortals, the seven on seven team, Rashada that. Oh, and doesn't he t- t- yeah, does, has like a sponsorship deal with them. So all this talk about yeah, like, oh, exactly. talk to Rashada, like maybe he hasn't, but he knows people who know him and that's how this stuff is all going to work. Um, yeah. He's yeah. never talked to whatever. So you've never talked to the lawyer. So what, or whatever it is, exactly. but I, that, I'm not saying I'm not. I have no idea what's what. I have no idea who's doing what. I don't have any proof of anything. But um, and that's the thing because it's going to be all private deals. It's going to be uh, hard to ever track down the official numbers on this. And um, yeah, but pretty soon, David. Well, there'll be a t- there'll be a tweet out. There will be. Yeah, that was the other thing. He tweets out all of his deals, so you know that he is tweet. He is representing. I think I didn't didn't John Ruiz say he's going to be representing the the. Um, Cigarette boat, maybe a oh, did he? Okay, well that yeah, that's the one that is the, the company that technically has the deal with um Miami Immortals. Um now we should also yeah. say nine and a half million is a lot of money, but it's not suit like it would be the biggest ever if that's accurate. Um but Nico Ayamaleva, who's another one of these elite quarterbacks in this class, mm-hmm. um signed an eight million dollar deal with Tennessee's collective, and that was also a deal brokered by uh, Mike Caspino and actually the athletics saw that contract. Um, they reported a couple uh, months ago, whenever that deal was said, Mark back in March um, and that deal, the uh, they're basically the contract. And this is from Stuart Mandel's story from March about the I'm a Leva deal, which again, they uh-huh. saw the contract it says as per NCAA rules, the contract explicitly states quote, Nothing in this agreement constitutes any form of inducement for parentheses, the athlete to enroll at any school and or join any athletic team. So it's all kind of like a wink and a nod and a handshake. And uh, the NCAA, it's again, it's just the NCAA doesn't have any rules to enforce. They, they can't enforce anything because they don't have any rules that they've written out to enforce beyond just like the vague, like pay for play stuff that they've put out there. Um, so right. this landscape. Uh- It looks a lot different now than it did on July 1st, 2021. And it's got to look a lot different on July 1st, 2023. So uh, Miami's got to take advantage. Sure. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure if he's with the cigarette racing actually, but we'll see. We'll soon enough. We're going to find out. Yeah. Um, And I love that about John Ruiz. Keep publicizing it. Yeah. It makes, makes it easy for us. Very (laughs) easy to talk to. Yeah, easy to talk to and a nice guy. Yeah, and um, the, you know, it, I, I do wonder if it's a little bit of a bubble where, you know, like John Ruiz was not a bag man before, right? Like, how is, how are, like, let's say that Rashada gets nine and a half million before he plays it down, guaranteed. Uh-huh. Like, what if he stinks? We just talked about it for a while. Like, how are, yeah. how are they going to be feeling? Like, that's why I think there might be a little bit of a bubble here where, the the paying these guys to come to campus just to get on campus is 
that, that's pretty big money for a guy who hasn't proven anything yet. It's a lot of money. And they, and also I've asked like, what happens if they transfer something? Yeah, I mean, exactly. everything, everything, but everything is in the, these are little big time lawyers. I mean, they, these contracts, or I should say big time contracts, they'll make sure that they have everything in writing, that if they do this, if they go here, if they, whatever, what happens if they get injured? I don't know how it works. But they're, they're, I'm sure everybody's covering themselves and they're taking a risk also. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, we, let's wrap things up there then. Um, unless you got anything else to say on, on the Rashada thing. I, I, I've done, a, I actually did a couple of radio spots this week in like other states. And I think I used the term wild, wild west about like 10 times on those radio spots talking about the uh, NIL and Rashada. So, uh, yep. that, that's the way I'm going to keep describing it until uh, they come up with a little bit of, until they actually come up with rules, because that's what it is. Right now, there's there's no rules, and uh, it's making for a, a very chaotic uh, moment in college football. But ultimately, again, good. I I mean, I've been pro uh, Olympic model NIL the whole way. Obviously, these players have gotten exploited for a long time, and it's good that these kids are getting some money in their pocket. But you just hope it's gonna work out ultimately. Um, you know, you hey, David. F- I, there's a lot of money guaranteed and who knows if you're going to, yeah, I was just going to say, I, I would, you know, if, even if you're guaranteed 2 million, that's a nice, if you're not an idiot and you know how to yeah, know, uh, take care huge. of that 2 million. I mean, that that's can be very helpful for you in the future. Yeah. So um, there are a lot of like upstanding hard workers that don't have $2 million yeah. saved. Uh-huh. So, um, and, and, and by the way, wild, wild West, is uh, a much it's even though it's like eye rolling cliche it's it's better than three five five it is the term I've been, three I've been five. Reading five. at least i read. understand my summer read right now is lonesome dove so i've had uh i've had the wild west on my mind a lot lately ah okay got it um yeah, i need some i need some some suggestions from you because i've already finished i already finished lincoln lawyer which i love by the way totally love like the movie good movie yeah but have you seen the have you seen the show no my grandpa likes it though oh no trust me it's like the best if you like lawyer show it's uh-huh. so good and i've and i finished and i've watched each one like three times or five <laughs> times with my mother-in-law from all two seasons i've watched uh, uh all creatures great and small fantastic um, all right. Uh, we might have more to talk about next week. Cause it's kind of, like I said, it's going to be a big commitment weekend for Miami. Um, Riley Williams, a top 100 tight end Jackson Howard, a top 100 defensive end Collins. Not going to pronounce this right. A um, uh-huh. another top 100 defensive end and Francis Maui Goa, five-star tackle are all set to commit the first three on Friday. Um, the, the last one on July 4th on Monday. So, we might have if, if they go like four for four or three for four this weekend, we might have to come back and talk about it or I'll, or I'll rope someone else in while you're on vacation. Um, but either way, it's um, would you say Miami's number 26 right now? They're they're going to be higher than that by this time. Number? No, they're not. They're uh, OK. Yes, I did say that. Twenty sixth and 30. They'll be yeah. higher than that next week. So. All right. Until then, I'm, I'm, I'm going from. The unknown of New York to uh, San Francisco. All right. Uh, so let's wrap things up there. Uh, thanks as always for listening. You can follow Susan on Twitter at S Miller Degnan, although she's on vacation right now. So not a whole lot coming from her. 
Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson2. I'm in uh, kind of in recruiting mode right now because obviously a lot of news going on uh, in that realm as we talked about today. So if you want to read some of what we talked about today, just go to miamiherald.com. We've had a lot of a lot of recruiting stuff up over the last couple of weeks. Um, so you can check that all out there. Uh, thanks again for listening, and we'll uh, talk to you guys uh, later on. Happy summer. Happy summer.